Live from NextGen Studios, this is The Sports Page. Happy Saturday and welcome to The Sports Page. I'm Ashton Nix here with Chris Robb Jr. Chris, it's, it's like I say it, it seems like I say it every week. It's, what's going on with the Cowboys, man? <laughs> I don't, I have no clue. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to move anything. I don't want to, I want to wear the same stuff every week. If, it, if that's going to, you know, if that's what it takes to keep getting doves and, you know, that's what I got to do on my part, but they're playing amazing. Yeah. Um, they're on bye week uh, this yeah. week, this weekend. So, I mean, maybe next week we'll have something else to start out with besides talking Cowboys, but yeah, I'm with you. Whatever's happening. Let's just, let's just keep it going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously we're going to talk Cowboys. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, NFC East talk later, talk about what's going on with some of the other teams. And right. you, of course, we're going to bring back your power ranking segment uh, later in the show. But first, I just want to get this little bit out of the way because it, it's exciting for me. I like it. It's it's chaos. It's intrigue. Uh, for the first time in a while, um, maybe 2012, 2013, I don't remember the exact year when uh, we had all those conference realignments in college football with, where right. it was just pure chaos. And, and we don't have it to that extent this year, but a few, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, the, the season, Oklahoma and Texas had announced they're going to the SEC uh, from the Big 12. Now that it's probably going to be in a few years. It could be as early as next year if they want to pay out. I think it's like $30 million each yeah. for a buyout or something like that. I'm not sure. Right. Um, so obviously the Big 12 wanting to stay relevant went out and uh, they're going to add four teams, which you know we've already known. This isn't news right now. Uh, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, which, which aren't bad ads. I mean, you're not going to – yeah, you're not going to replace Texas OU, but Cincinnati's, you know, the number two team in the country right now. Uh, just by rankings, UCF is having an off year uh, this season, but in general, the last few years, they've been pretty good. They had an undefeated season. Uh, BYU isn't, the football program isn't, you know, a perennial powerhouse, but it res it resonates uh power when they we catch, talk yeah. about BYU. They catch the yeah. Eye. yeah, they catch yeah. the eye, yeah. Yeah, um, and then Houston is going to be fun because uh, old Southwest Conference team, you know, you talk about Houston-Baylor, Houston-TCU matchups. It's it's going right. to be uh, Texas Houston-Texas Tech. It's going to be, you know, old rivalries mixing together. So that those aren't bad ads. Now today, uh, the AAC, not to be confused with the ACC, or not today, it was a couple days ago, AAC uh, is expanding because obviously Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are in the AAC. Right. Uh, they're talking about expanding now, and they've put out offers to six teams, and it's all but finalized. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be finalized because it's good for all of these teams, but a lot of intrigue here for at least the state of Texas. Uh, the six teams, you have Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, and University of Alabama, Birmingham. Okay. But the other right. three teams, you have uh, UNT, North Texas. You have University of Texas, San Antonio, who's having a really good year. Uh, ranked in the top 25 for the first time this season. They're undefeated right now. For the first time ever. Yes. Uh, or for wild. the first time ever. I'm sorry. Yeah. For the yeah, first time in program wild. history. Yeah. Obviously for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. um, but I meant this year they're undefeated and for the first time in program history. And then also uh, Rice is going to uh, join the AAC, which there was, there was some uh, people wanting Rice to, to join the Big 12, uh, as well as SMU, um, because yeah. AAC right now has 11 teams. They're losing three, and they're adding on. They're going to be a pretty big conference. They're going to be up to 14 teams. Okay. Um, and they're trying to just stay relevant as well. AAC is pretty much what the Big East was. Back in the day, now the Big East is just uh, basketball. And yeah. just trying okay. to yeah. keep that. Uh, but back when all the conference realignment was happening, uh, Louisville went, you know, to the ACC. Uh, uh, Rutgers went uh, and left. I think they went to the Big Ten. And there were a lot of teams leaving, all these big schools football-wise. And so the Big East just said 
screw it. You know, we're trying to protect what the Big East really is, a basketball I to, conference. I, yeah. I used to love the Big uh, the Big East, like, you know, football-wise. Uh, they had – they used to play some really good football out there. Um, but, you know, it's just a part of it. You know, I, I guess, you know, the realignments and, and everything is just a part of it. But Yeah, they, they – uh, it seemed like they were kind of that sixth conference that they uh, – of yeah. course, basketball, they were great. But football, they kind of – you know, they were hanging on. Yeah, they had like uh, UConn and um, like they had Syracuse and all of them. Is, yeah, they, Syracuse, that's a, yeah, UConn, right, yeah. Georgetown. Okay, yeah. I mean, and even Syracuse left to go to the ACC in basketball. Exactly. But right. uh, but basically, when this happened, they formed the AAC and they were stealing all the teams from the Conference USA or from Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, all their decent teams. Conference USA hadn't, you know, it's not a terrible conference. There's always no. one or two teams that are kind of pushing it. Uh, Memphis a few years ago, you know, SMU's been doing uh, – they're undefeated this season as well. Yeah, they're undefeated the too. Top 25. Yeah, mm-hmm. So it's – I like the chaos. Um, I, I don't know how I feel. I, I like the Big 12, and I think it's going to – I think I mentioned it last episode if we talked about it. I'm not even sure that uh, – you know, I'm a, I'm a Longhorns fan. Uh, but I've been a TCU fan growing up because growing up TCU was in the conference USA and, and the mountain West conference and mountain West. Yeah. And when they joined the big 12, it was kind of weird for me because I didn't grow up as TCU and Texas as rivals. So, uh, so I'm like, yeah, I like TCU unless they play Texas, but now when Texas is gone, now I can really enjoy big 12 <laughs> football with a Cincinnati UCF TCU, uh, Texas tech, you know, uh, and then oddly enough, it'll just be Oklahoma state. Uh, the only team from Oklahoma in the Big 12. But I I think I can enjoy those matchups better without without thinking, okay, how's this going to affect Texas? Because it's completely different out there. Well, in a few years, Texas will just be off to the SEC. And uh, it'll be be fun to watch all these teams because I keep up with the Big 12 a lot right now. And, you know, I know the history of a lot of the Big 12 schools. So, uh it's just gonna it's just gonna be an interesting deal not having Texas and Oklahoma in those in the talks and yeah. the standings. Yeah. It's gonna be um it's I'm looking at the you know, the teams and I'm like, okay. I, I think travel will probably be the biggest, you know, like I guess downfall in the conference, but I mean they're adding pretty good teams. Um I'm talking about the uh conference USA. But um I mean they're I mean, it's a, it's a, it's pretty solid. I feel like that's that's a pretty good conference. And then, uh, you know, there'll be up to fourteen teams. I really wish the Big Twelve would have pushed to get SMU though. You know, because I yeah. feel like that would that would be like a a perfect. Because you know, I when I think Big Twelve, I think Texas and Oklahoma. Like, not not necessarily the schools, but the states. So, okay, like you know, SMU's right there. They're they're doing really good. They're ranked in the top twenty-five, undefeated. And they've been on the upswing for the past, you know, few years. I'm like, okay, you know, that I, I I thought that would be like a match made in heaven. Like I've I've thought this for you know a couple of years now, but um, you know, with the AEC, they're adding um, UNT, Rice. Uh, that I mean, those are those are solid schools. UTSA is probably the as far as like right now the marquee football school that they're adding. Even you know because they're having a, a historic year, but. Um, they, uh, it, I mean that it'll be a pretty good conference, you know. One of like a, a good conference. I wouldn't turn the channel when it comes on, but you know, I, I would definitely watch. Yeah, any any f- college football team in Texas is gonna bring with it some some following, you know, whether whether mm-hmm. bad or not. I mean, at least locally, and Rice is a school in Houston, but locally mm-hmm. here in DFW. There are a lot of Rice fans. You don't think of them as just this crappy, uh, bad program. And in general, they're not. I mean, this year, you know, they, you know, just blown yeah. out by Texas. But uh, in general, people follow them. And uh, the Mean Green, North Texas, I, you know, they're hit and miss bowl eligible every few years. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the perfect, the perfect phrase because they're, they were in the. The Dallas Bowl, the heart of Dallas Bowl, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, they won it, um, and it's just been like like a, a roller coaster ever since then. You know, I I really don't know what what the deal is, but they have a huge following. I know, you know, 
a lot, a lot, a lot of UNT alum. So, yeah, and I agree with you. There had to be something behind the scenes going on with SMU and the Big Twelve, because it only makes sense. Like, why would the Big Twelve rather have Houston than SMU? Uh, you have the same intrigue there with the Southwest Conference and and the the rivalries you can the potential rivalries you can have year in and year out. SMU uh, obviously this year's better. You know you're not going to base you know Cincinnati didn't get invited to the Big Twelve because they're doing so great this year. Uh, they've shown history. Cincinnati's always kind of uh, there being ranked. You know they have a they have a solid football program, um, but. Year in and year out, SMU has been better than Houston. And I don't think SMU would rather sit in the AAC than the Big 12, unless there's something thinking, someone thinking maybe the Big 12 is not going to be here in a few years if they they can't stabilize. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, Because they haven't been able to bring in any really solid schools. It's always teams leaving, whether it's Texas or Texas A&M or, you know, Colorado, Oklahoma. Uh, Unless it's something with, TCU, I don't know that TCU has enough power uh, in in the Big 12 to stop something like that. I, I can definitely see uh, – I don't know that they've done it, but I can definitely see Texas or Oklahoma saying, no, we don't want uh, a certain school in. I mean, maybe maybe they don't want SMU because SMU's good enough that they can beat yeah, them. I uh, think so yeah, that they can compete with them, but not good enough where it's it's like a win-lose it's, – it's a lose-lose situation for them. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think Texas in itself or Oklahoma in itself really care about the prestige of the conference. I mean, they want right. to be in a good conference to compete in and compete for national championships. But I don't think they care that, okay, after, you know, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, like Iowa every few years, is there really a good team? I don't think they care that, hey, let's bring in more teams. Uh, because really that's just every year that's one potential upset. But once Texas and OU are out of there, I, I don't know what's keeping SMU out of the Big Twelve. Yeah, I'm. I was thinking like maybe it, it might be, the fact that they're a private school, but I mean TCU's a private school as well. Ba- so I'm Baylor's not really, a private school, yeah. Yeah, and Baylor it's, too. So I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm, it, I mean, the fact that they're private is obviously not keeping them out. But it, you're right; there could be something else there. Yeah, yeah, something behind um, it because there's no way they shouldn't at least have been in talks, you know, cause like, you know, SMU's right there. They, you know, they've been attracting a lot of these, uh, you know, Dallas kids from around the, you know, these local schools and they're getting some talent, you know, they had, you know, Shane Bruchel there. They, uh, they're getting some talent and I, I, it's a, it's a great sell point because, you know, it's right pretty much downtown and, um, you know, in a good city in Dallas and it's, it's a great selling point, you know, a great recruiting tool. And I'm, you know, I'm just really just kind of, I'm kind of shocked in the sense that, that they aren't at least, oh, 2025 SMU is going to be added. You know, like I've, I've been waiting on that for the longest, but, you know, I guess there's something behind the scenes that's going on. Yeah. I mean, cause you have to assume the money's better, um, even right. with Texas and OU leaving. I mean, TCU goes from uh, the, the Mountain West Conference at the time to the Big 12 and they get, you know, like 20 something million dollars a year more just for being in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously you're going to take hits with Texas and OU being out of there, but with the schools of the big 12 are adding, I, I'm not sure this knocks them down to being out of the power, uh, out of uh, not being considered a power five conference where they would just say, okay, yeah, they're kind of, uh, I would assume, I mean, just going across all sports because it's still a really good basketball school. Basketball-wise, they're not losing much. Texas has been good the last few years. They can't make it out of the first round. Uh, Oklahoma has been good recently. They're not traditionally a powerhouse, but Oklahoma, you know, has a couple of top 10 uh, finishes. Mm -hmm. But traditionally, you still have your Kansas. You still have your Kansas State. You still have your really good teams. Um, And adding these teams, I think you're still a lot closer to being a Power 5 conference than you would to being – the conference, uh, conference USA, AAC, Mountain West. You're obviously not losing to that extent, but yeah, that's a good point that you brought up um, about not just football, uh, because you know Houston has an amazing Houston basketball has a good basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so it's um, you know that's a good point about you know not just football. I'm thinking just football, 
but um, you know, basketball wise, they will, they will still be, be one of the top, you know, probably four conferences in the, in the country, but um, you know, losing, yes, especially like basketball wise, Texas, you know, they just won the conference last year, but they're not, it's always Kansas, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. you know, as long as I feel like as long as they have Kansas and a couple other schools. And right now uh, Texas Tech is right. a top 10 team as well. Yeah. And yeah, um, Texas Tech has been really good in the past, you know, the past half decade or so. So, um, you know, as long as they have, you know, like a couple schools, because that's really what it is. Like in, you know, in college basketball, you have about three or four good teams, you know, you'll be all right to, you know, you'll be okay. Yeah. And maybe we'll rejoin the subject in the future or maybe even have a whole episode on it because, uh, yeah. man, if this was a few years ago, I could, I could really talk to you forever about, uh, about college realignment. I remember, uh, one of the NCAA football video games allowed you to change. Like, man, I would just blow it all up and make oh, yeah. all kinds of <laughs> random conferences. I did that too. Yeah. Uh, I did that too. But yeah, I mean, what's stopping the big, uh, you know, cause the big 12 is 10 teams right now, but they're going to add, they're losing two, going to add four and be back up to 12. I mean, why, why won't they just add SMU and another school, you know, um, and be up to 14 teams? I'm not sure. But, you know, I don't want to take this away from the AAC. That's really what we're talking about. They're obviously becoming a much stronger conference. Um, Basketball-wise, I'm not sure. I didn't re- – I prepared the segment more for football. I'd have to go yeah, and see have, what, uh, uh, what teams are bad. I know they had UConn for a little they bit. They have uh... – they have Wichita State. Wichita um, State, so, that's a good SMU yeah. basketball wise. Kind of, you know, yeah. they, they yeah, were they were better for a while with the uh, yeah when Larry, they had uh, Larry Brown Larry was Brown. there yeah uh, mm-hmm. and they were competing and then all of a sudden you know it's uh, yeah it's not there but you know it, it's a solid football conference yeah. and uh, they have Memphis as well Mem- Memphis, Memphis as well. yeah Memphis is always yeah, Memphis see Memphis well. is a good uh, is one of those weird football teams because they're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, and I remember SMU Memphis games, you know, being 50 something to 40 something. And it's <laughs> right. They're, they're an interesting uh, team as well. And yeah. uh, there, there's a lot more because I know, I, I guess we're going to get to watch UTSA and North Texas more on TV because, you know, where they're coming mm-hmm. from, you don't get to right. see them very often on TV. Right. Yeah. So, I think I've probably seen maybe, maybe four UTSA games, maybe. Um, but, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll bring new eyes, you know, to that conference, especially from, you know, the state of Texas, because, you know, Texas loves football. Um, so they'll, they'll be gaining some fans and, you know, it's a good move for them. Yeah. And moving on, because I know, you know, I just wanted to start out with that. Just talk about Mm -hmm. it real quick. Uh, we probably talked about it longer than I thought we were going to talk about it. <laughs> right. Uh, where I would have moved it somewhere else because that's get a little local intrigue and kind of interesting stuff to talk about. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's just jump to what probably why everybody's listening is, yeah, man, talk about the Cowboys. It's uh, yep. they beat the Patriots in overtime, thirty-five uh, twenty-nine. Dak four hundred forty-five yards passing, three touchdowns. C.D. Lamb catches a the game-winning touchdown, but also catches another one. 149 yards and digs uh, another interception goes back pick six for a touchdown uh i mean even with you know the very next series him giving up a a touchdown on defense i you know i'll forgive him for that because absolutely we've (laughs) talked about that if you're going to get a lot of turnovers you have to play aggressive and if you're going to play aggressive you're going to give up some big plays and luckily it didn't you know it didn't cost them the game but uh yeah, what, what's going on with this Cowboys team? Now, nobody yeah, really yeah, saw I, it coming yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things where I can't even I can't even like put it into words. Like it's it's just so out of nowhere. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go back on that Diggs touchdown. I feel like the safety was at fault in that play because he should have had over the top. But you know, he said it was my bad, and you know, he had, he did he he said what he was supposed to say, even though it wasn't his fault. But you know, he's he's playing great. He's, I mean, he's the defensive player of the year at this point, um, moving forward. Um, yeah. Diggs definitely, uh, he definitely went after the interception for the, the, the second time, uh, when he gave mm-hmm. it up. So, which is, yeah. that's what happens. You either go for the player, yep. the interception, he was hyped yep. up and went off, you know, if he didn't yeah, go for the interception, off, right he off, probably, right off pick six. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Your adrenaline's running. Uh, right. The very first is the very first play of the drive. I think, uh, mm-hmm. 
and yeah, ideally the guy catches the ball, you tackle him. Um, it's a big gain, but but not for a touchdown. Yeah, but you know, like you like we touch on, yeah, they're they're playing well. Uh, the best offense in the NFL, you know, uh, they take what they give them. Kellen Moore is, you know, doing what he's been doing all year. He's just being the bet one of the best OCs in the, in the league. He's taking what the defense gives him. You know, okay, you're gonna give up the run. We're gonna run. If you're gonna give up, give us the pass. You know, we're gonna pass. And um, and Dak is, uh, I would say he's my probably my second. You know, in my MVP voting. But um, you know he's playing. He's this the this the best best Dak I've seen um, in his in his career. He's I feel like the injury coming off the injury. I feel like he had time to sit and actually you know kind of dissect the game more, watch more film. Um, oh, I could I can make that read. Oh, I can make this read. Oh, uh, you know the safeties you know are doing this. Okay, I can make this pass. Like he's he's playing the playing the game with so much ease and and so much confidence it's you know it's really great to see and we didn't really get to see a lot of it last year after he got hurt but right. it's just pretty much confirming what we all suspected mm-hmm. is that jason garrett his offense was really holding dak back uh for for whatever reason i understand you know his first year or so trying to protect him okay i get that but after a couple of years when you see little plays here and there like, hey, you know, he's got some firepower. Why don't we just right. let it go? Let's release it. In a couple of games, you would get that if they get down by a little bit. Uh, but in general, you never started off that way with, with Jason Garrett's offense. And, uh, and man, psh, what more can you say? I mean, last year when he did that a couple of times, they were saying, people would say, oh, well, it's just garbage time. It's, it's They're going to lose anyways. They're down by this much. That You know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, and now – you absolutely cannot say that because the Cowboys were in this game the entire time and led a little bit. And then Dak still goes for 445, by the way, which is the most ever for a quarterback to pass against Bill Belichick's Patriots. Yeah. If you want to add yeah. that in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I can't really say much else about him. He's, I, you know, being the homer I am, I would choose him as MVP as, you know, you know, going into week seven, but, um, I mean, he's playing. He's playing with such, you know, patience. It's like he's, you know, he's the NFL quarterback is one of the hardest positions of, in all of sports, and he's just back there playing with such patience. He's taking like, okay, I'll hit the check down. Okay, you're gonna give me the, you know, the the fade or the post. Okay, cool, I'm, I'm gonna hit it. And he's throwing with, you know, throwing with confidence. I think he's in the pocket. He's completing like eighty five or something percent, you know, just standing in the pocket, and I'm like, that's you know, that's incredible. Um, and you know, it's just like testament to his work ethic and his you know passion for the game, and you know, hopefully, you know, because he did uh, apparently he like tweaked his calf or something like that. Hopefully, you know, going into the bye week, um, he can get that you know healed because the calf is definitely something that you want to you know keep an eye out on, but. Um, you know, hopefully going into the bye week, you know, they all rest up and hit the second half of the season uh, pretty hard. So, Yeah, and, and it may help that it's a night game going into the next week. I, I, right. I'm not sure the preparation, but, you know, uh, sleeping in a little bit more or getting that extra, uh, you know, going the rehabilitation a little bit. To, I, I'm not sure what you do with the strain calf. But yeah. whatever you would do, you could do that a little bit extra on game day, the morning of, that whatever, uh, to help that out rather than just waking up and running into the stadium. And uh, right. So, so I mean, it can't hurt that it's a that it's a prime time game and against the Vikings. So, uh, I guess, I, yeah, yeah. I glad I'm glad you brought up uh, about trying being a homer, which you know, self admittedly, I can be sometimes too. We grew up Cowboys right. fans. Uh, but if you're a new listener, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you don't have to listen right now. If you're an old listener listening to, to our show, because you already know, but new listeners, you know, things are going really good right now. But trust me, if you're frustrated right now that we're just, you know, being homers, if the Cowboys are doing bad right now, I, you know, we would be criticizing them. You know, right. I, I, I am not one to, you know, in my head, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt a lot, but you know, on here, it's probably not going to happen. 
Um, if you listen back into uh, our old days at Joko Radio or early days at Next with Next Gen Media, when the Cowboys weren't, you know, every other year weren't doing great, we did criticize them a lot. So I know we've gotten I've gotten messages like, "Man, you just you're Homer on the Cowboys." I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, they're doing really good. You have to, uh, you can pick apart anything, but if you we've mentioned before, if you cover any team, you know, go cover the Bucks or the Rams or the, even the Cardinals." Um, all you're seeing is the highlights right now. If you're not covering them, you go cover them. You'll see that, you know, they're being criticized by their own fans. Sometimes, you know, coaching decisions and uh, all kinds of stuff. As I said, if you are scrutinizing a team or, or following a team and covering them so much, you're going to see all the little stuff and you're going to scrutinize them, but mm-hmm. you, you can't complain about five and one. Right. Uh, not at nearly six and oh. Yeah. And they're, um, you know, like you said, we'd be criticizing them. And I got to give a lot of credit because I, I criticized uh, Mike McCarthy on the daily spec, like as, as far as like his clock management or whatever. But, you know, I have to give him his praise. You know, his team's 5-1. He's letting his coordinators do what they do. And that's that's kind of what you're supposed to do in a sense. Like, you know, he he realizes that, oh, I have some bright minds, you know, you know running the offense and the defense. All right, I'm going to just let them do them. I'm not going to you know, be over controlling. I'm going to just let them run their side of the ball the way they want to. Which is and, exactly what we criticize Jason Garrett for. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, uh, and it's funny. Yeah. You have to give him props for that. I mean, he can just take over himself. I mean, to coming into this, uh, this team last year with the coaching system and the only coach major coach staying was Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get real easy for McCarthy. Like, no, this is my team. I, I don't want him to get all the credit or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know his mindset and that, but the fact that he just like, yep, you do it. It's, it's your deal. He, you know, he's going to decide if we're going forward on fourth. you know, he likes to go forward on fourth down, but right. uh, some of those times I may not like the decisions. And of course you're not going to like the decision when they don't get it. But if you go back and, and reevaluate it, the play, the place called on those fourth downs have been really good, you know, and, yeah. and maybe it's bad execution or, or whatever. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You have to give him praise where praise is due. That doesn't mean he's the best coach in the world and he's great. Absolutely he's, not. Uh, you, can, right. you can, you can criticize him just as easy because he had some questionable time, man, it's questionable time management call as well in this past game. But, mm-hmm. you know, is what it is. You can't just say he's a bad coach and we're winning in spite of him. Yeah. Well, uh, he hasn't made, uh, a bad call that costs you the game. Right. Yeah. None of these time management calls has cost you the game. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that later. When you think you about it. Yeah. You kind of think about it like down the line. It's, it's more like a down the line thing. Like, okay, what if they're in a close game against? Yeah. And uh, it makes you, know, you uneasy. The yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll, come to that whenever it happens but you know I'm, I'm happy you know five and one you can't i mean i guess you can go undefeated but you can't get better than five and one especially in the nfl so uh you know props to them for sure yeah and going into a bye week having a three game lead in the nfc east that's yeah. uh real quick to finish just on talking to cowboys the last time they had this big of a lead in the con and the division going in to or this early in the season going into week what are we in Six, seven. seven. Was I think we seven, yeah. yeah, they're five and one, of course. Uh, the last time they had this big lead this early in the season was 95, and that's oh, the wow. last time they won the Super Bowl. Wow. So I'm not yeah. saying anything, but there you go. Uh, but real quick, this episode of the sports page is brought to you by Apogee Graphics. Need signs, banners, graphics, and designs. Go ahead and contact them. You can also grab your Apogee Graphics apparel. And check out their Christmas signs they have for sale. You can just go to their website, apogeegraphics.com. It is spelt a little bit different, so I'm going to leave the description. Or I'm going to leave all of those links in the description box, as well as their phone number, Apogee Graphics. And uh, talking about having a three-game lead in the NFC East, I thought it was pretty fitting to uh, let's go through the NFC East and talk about where these teams are, obviously, this year. But right. who's kind of in a good position where they're at, or who or not a terrible position moving forward, uh, maybe through the end of this year and into into the future. Yeah. Um. Well, they're all kind of 
on a down. They, you know, they're all coming off losses right now. Um, I I really want to discuss Washington mm-hmm. and how, you know, they were coming in with quote unquote one of the best defenses, you know, in the in the league, and they're you know pretty much I think they ranked dead last. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, what's going on there? You know, they're giving up like 30, I think they're giving up like 31 points a game. And I'm like, okay, you know, that was, you know, I I, I guess, because I, I, I thought they were going to, you know, them and Dallas were going to challenge each other for, you know, the NFC East crown, but, you know, three-game lead, and I'm not really too worried. I'm not really too worried about any of the teams, but, um, you know, Washington, I'm just curious, because, I, I mean, I've, I've watched a couple of, the, of their games. I'm just like, okay, you know, what's going on? They had, you know, one of the best D-lines. D Chayshon was uh, – he was a defensive player of the year candidate, you know, coming in like preseason. So, I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, I really don't – I kind of – I'm happy, obviously, that they're struggling, but I'm just kind of curious at the same time as just like a football fan, like, you know, what's, you know, what's going on in Washington? Yeah, and I agree. I was – they were probably the best team to, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Um, so, yeah. They were the, the team to compete, but we didn't know the Cowboys were going to do as good as they have, have done. I mean, if you told me the Cowboys are going to be five and one, I would, I wouldn't expect Washington to keep up with that. Right. But uh, Taylor Heineke has been hit and miss. He's had two pretty decent games, uh, especially against the giants. He looked pretty good. in The Falcons again, those teams are those teams, you know, he he hasn't looked good against an actually good team. Uh, They're two and four right now, Um, but he's obviously not the answer at quarterback. And I don't think that Washington thought he was obviously he wasn't even uh, the starter going into the year. Uh, Fitz, Fitz magic gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And he's, it's hard to say because you want to say, well, they don't have a quarterback that that puts them in the worst position. But overall, I think they're the best built team in the NFC East. Uh, you know, obviously excluding the Cowboys, out of the Giants, Eagles, and the Washington and the football team, they're more well rounded. Like if you were able to put a quarterback there, uh, what would happen? I know there's some rumors of of. Uh, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Of, yeah, I, uh, I, I remember them picking up. Uh, there were. A, they were thinking about trying to make a move for, I'm not sure if it was Cam or it was somebody. Cam Newton, um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's, yeah. you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, Cam mm-hmm. Newton, you know, obviously with, you know, the ties with the head coach, it's, it, it seems like if you could put somebody there, yeah, I know their defense is, is really bad. Uh, overall, I don't have the number here. I just wrote down points and yards, but they're 25th giving up yards and 21st giving up points. Mm-hmm. But, Personnel-wise, they have a decent defense. You know, Chase Young, and you mentioned a few others before. Right. Just looking at on paper, they should have a really good defense, or should, should have a decent defense at, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and it feels like if you could put a good quarterback in there, you know, they're obviously they're going to have a decent draft pick. That and this is not really a good draft to draft your quarterback coming up. It's yeah, this is pretty yeah, this slim. Is, but yeah. if you could get that. Uh, quarterback in you know there are a few options around there maybe uh with you know the dolphins looking to get rid of two and trade for somebody else maybe you could get two in there maybe you know he's he's got talent obviously and it may be a situation where kind of like sam darnold for instance you give him in a new situation it uh he can kind of get back to that although it's it it's it's been just a few games outside of uh miami finishing 10 and 6 last year right so, you know, I'm not sure what's up with Tua, but if you can get someone in there, why not? I mean, you try that with 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 Fitzpatrick, and, you know, obviously that hasn't panned out because of injury. But moving forward, I, I'm not sure they're in a great position just because I'm critical of their ownership. They have terrible ownership. Uh, Daniel yeah. Schneider just is just – Time and again proves that he can't. Um, you want to say manage an organization? I don't. I don't know. He's managing it to the extent that Jerry Jones, you know, is a general manager, but he has a lot. Uh, Schneider has a lot of say 
had a lot of say in drafting Haskins when they did. Right. And that didn't work out. Yeah. And if there's any, uh, I want to say Redskins fans, Redskins football team fans that listen to our podcast, reach out to us and tell, you know, uh, from outside looking in, I think it could be the same as outside looking into the Cowboys is, is how dysfunctional ownership is. Although Jerry Jones does a good job. Uh, just sometimes, you know, when you go 25 years without a championship, you want to say, J- just give it over to GM, hire a GM. But overall, Jerry Jones makes good decisions for the team. You know, maybe not football decisions sometimes, but uh, overall, Cowboys look a lot better on paper than the football team does. And from outside looking in, it just seems like Daniel Snyder is making terrible decisions for that team mm-hmm. and that organization as a whole. Yeah, they and they can't even you know, sell out their stadium. Like they, I, I don't know. I forgot the streak of how many games they, that they haven't even, you know, had maybe like 50, 60% of their, you know, capacity it, filled. And it's, so and it's, not only are they having the issues with, uh, you know, the emails with, you know, with you right. know, their ex employee, yeah. which is why I think, you know, they had that, uh, uh, Sean Taylor situation where they, they're like, Oh, we're going to honor him. And it's kind of out of nowhere. And, yeah. uh, and, and there was kind of criticisms about that. Like, first of all, the stadium is only half full. You think you're going to honor one of your ex players, a hall yeah. of fame players. You were going to, uh, you're going to sell out for that. At least that's like something that would be near guaranteed. And then there were things around it. Like they didn't even have a halftime ceremony. Uh, right. and, uh, and I don't know. They, they named or there was something about them naming a road after him and that road, like there's a lot of construction, a lot of porta potties and people took that the wrong way. And there's just a lot of, like every time they try to do something, it, it, it just kind of, you know, falls apart. And, uh, you know, you, you finally got him to change the name, which whatever your opinion is on that. But, uh, he, you know, that may be the best thing Snyder's doing right now is, is holding out on changing the name because I thought it was, I, it's actually a pretty good marketing idea if he's doing it for that. Uh, switch, if he's doing it for that reason, is switching it from uh, Redskins to football team and leaving it and milking, you know, selling apparel and everything, and wait, and then change the name again, and then you sell sell out more. It's actually a pretty decent idea, but you know, leading up to it, it took forever for them to you know make him change his name, and they, they were talking about uh, take you know making him sell the team, and you know there were sexual harassment allegations there's all kinds of stuff around which is still you know there's still a lot of investigations ongoing uh just nothing right. up at the front of the line but right. yeah overall i think because that's where it comes to it doesn't matter how bad of a team you have it's how good of an organization you have because teams are going to go through ups and downs they're going to you know uh yeah. win super bowls and then you know have multiple especially in this season yeah Especially in the salary cap era, outside of the compare. Patriots, of course. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, yeah finally you there. <laughs> finally, yeah, and, finally you know, they're, they're and they're kind of you know and they're middle of the package. They're not they're not even like terrible this year. And it's I mean it's the salary cap era. You know you can't keep everybody. Um, it's you know I guess it's just a part of the game. And I mean, like Jerry Jones had a huge part in the salary cap. You know, so it's like we can't really, you know complain but for the most part i feel like we've drafted well you know the cowboys going back to the cowboys i feel like we you know drafted pretty well um and uh you know just going forward i feel like we're gonna have to pay somebody here pretty soon uh you know randy gregory he's he's playing like he yeah i need my money so uh you know yeah you may need to pay him sooner than later yeah we might need to pay <laughs> him just, sooner yeah. it's just gonna pay him sooner yeah. digs we might we might need to pay him sooner because um, their their prices are skyrocketing, and you know, so you know, I I feel like they have an eye on that. Um, so you know, well, we'll going see. back to the football team, though, I mean, yeah, we can you know say good or bad things about the Cowboys. It's been twenty five years since we won a championship. It may be twenty six mm-hmm. or twenty seven. I don't know. Twenty five pops out in my head right now, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's because we hold our uh, Cowboys are held to higher standard. Uh, there's right. lots of teams. You could talk about lots of teams, like how long they haven't. If you get Super Bowl, just uh, how many playoff games have they won? And and uh, the Cowboys are in on that too. They haven't won a lot of playoff games uh, as much, but it's like every year they're competing, and we've talked about it. 
going back to Washington, it's like, okay, last time they won a Super Bowl was even longer. Uh, 90, 1990, some, you know, it was a few years before the Cowboys started that, you know, they're three out of four dynasty. Right. Uh, and I want to say the Redskins have only won two division championships since then. I mean, the Cowboys are like every two or three years are winning a division championship. The Eagles are the, you know, the giants have a couple of super bowls recently. Uh, so, you know, I know we're talking about which teams worse or better off moving forward. It's hard to talk about the past, but you kind of have to judge them at the past when you're judging at an organizational level. And Mm -hmm. that's really, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say on Washington. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk, the Giants now, you know, uh, obviously they're one in five. Is Daniel Jones the answer at quarterback? Uh, no. I, no. I, re- I remember Eli Manning having a slow start too. Uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know they made it a big deal on ESPN when Eli Manning finally threw his first touchdown pass and it was a few games into the year. But uh, I mean, Daniel Jones has four touchdowns through the first six games. That's just, that's, yeah. that's that's pretty awful for yeah. Uh, and, and I know you want to say, well, he, he, he's a bus driver quarterback. I've heard that. I don't agree with that, but I've I've heard that he's he's a boring quarterback. He's just you know, uh, it doesn't work when Saquon is always hurt, and it doesn't look like yeah. that's coming. You know, I I, I assume he's still going to keep you know playing for a few years, but he he's not going to get a contract, or he shouldn't get a contract extension with his injury issues. Yeah. Uh, not a big one. Uh, Daniel Jones does show some flash where he can run the ball. Um, but, you know, how are you going to rely on that? And every time he gets hit, I mean, man, it's all against Concussion. the Cowboys. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, he's slobbering and, and falling off the field. Like, it's, it's, it, that was hard to watch. But, um, you know, he's, I mean, he's mobile. Um, maybe he's struggling without, I mean, they had, you know, Kenny Galladay. Um, but I didn't really, he, I feel like he's just kind of in a bad position, even though I don't really think he's all that great. I think he's, I think he's like, he could reach Kirk Cousins level though. I feel like if he had like the supporting cast around him, I feel like he could at least get to that. But um, I mean, yeah, to be fair, he's he definitely struggling he, right now. He hasn't been in a good position yet to to be able to see. Uh, you know, it's you know, sort of like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, you know, took the Bengals to the playoffs year after year after year, but then when he's in a situation with Dallas, you know, offensive line depleted, you know, it's that it shows what kind of quarterback you are, and that's one bright spot future wise for this Giants team is they have pretty good uh, young receiving core. Right. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, I feel like out of these three teams. Uh, if you're talking about firing coaches, which obviously Washington's not, they're they're kind of in on that for a while. Uh, Eagles, you know, first year coach. You know, I think this could be the end for uh, Matt Joe Rule, Judge. Jason Garrett. I mean, yeah. Matt Rule, yeah, yeah, Joe Judge. Yeah, Joe Judge. Uh, I think I think he's out of there. <laughs> he's he doesn't even know. Um, you know, like some. I feel like he doesn't even know what's going on with his team because he he had a um, you know, an interview, and they were saying like, you know is, you know, Daniel Jones, how is he doing? He was like, yeah, he's going through concussion protocol. And then Daniel and Jones was running on the field. Yeah, yeah, he was running <laughs> he on the field. He had no so idea. he's like, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even know he was. Yeah, like, so, like, you know, as a head coach, I feel like you should know those things. But, um, yeah, I feel like he's, you know, coaching his last days in New York. I hate, you know, I hate to see people get fired. But at the same time, it's, you got a job to do. And he's clearly not doing it at one in five. But, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of PR that goes into it for uh, ownership and general management where right. uh, something like that kind of blunder, not knowing what your quarterback uh, can make a difference. Like overall, I don't think that shows anything about what kind of coach he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, miscommunication, maybe one of his assistants told him something. You know, he's obviously probably not sitting in there with with uh, Daniel Jones while he's being evaluated. It's just right. like, yeah, somebody said, yeah, he'll be evaluated later or something You're like saying, that. Yeah. And he's like, hey, mm-hmm. he's evaluated now, you know. Um, but that looks really bad, and you know. It looks horrible, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you want to give coaches or quarterbacks or something time to work things out, when your fan base isn't going that direction or they're not feeling you, you kind of have to make decisions. Basically, you kind of have to go in the middle of between what you think 
and what your fan base wants. You obviously can't just succumb to everything they want because there's a reason you're running a football team and they're not. But, right. you know, they're buying tickets, buying merchandise, watching you on TV. You have to keep them happy to an extent. And situations like this, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, let's say they finish with three or four wins at the end of the year. You're like, this isn't working with them. Uh, fans hate him. He's obviously making stupid you know, comments on TV, not knowing his team and, uh, you know, th- you know, let's let him go type situation. And, um, obviously that one interview is not going to cause him to be fired, but it can contribute to it. Yeah. And we, we know from, you know, that's why, uh, it was frustrating listening to, to Jason Garrett at press conferences. There was almost no point of doing it because he wasn't going to give you anything. He was going to say vanilla, turn of phrases, yeah. all kinds of, you know, just boring we stuff. Execute, yeah, yeah we exactly. Execute, yeah. The, the, <laughs> you know, the, the phases, you know, and he did that for a reason because he knows, you know, I'm not going to say anything that they're going to ever hold against me uh, in press conferences with, you know, Dallas media found a way sometimes, right. but lots of times things like that, it makes it hard for an organization uh, to run a team uh, I guess we can transition that into the Eagles where uh, their, their head coach, he, you know, when they hired him, he kind of had his press conference and man, it was, he's kind of an odd guy. He was talking a lot. He was talking about a lot of weird things. And then he was like, man, I thought he was uhing and umming and so much. It's like, has this guy never been in front of a camera? Put, get this man into right. a Toastmasters class or something. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's a press conference where he should have this pretty scripted out and you know, it's not even the question part of it. And it's, it's like, man, shouldn't you know what you're going to say already? And, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's just a little funny thing being, you know, if he was, if it was the coach of any other team uh, outside the NFC, I probably wouldn't even care that much. It's just, you know, right. funny, fun little thing for your rivals. But, mm-hmm. uh, and for the most part, he's kind of fixed that, I guess I don't hear a lot of his interviews, but, he's still an odd guy and makes a lot of uh, odd statements and comparisons. And uh, again, football coaches aren't the most normal type of people, especially at that level with the, you know, intensity and exactly. Yeah. um, But let's just start off. Like we have, you know, we did the first two. Let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback, the Eagles, Uh, Jalen hurts. Yeah. I have no confidence that he is the future of the Eagles. And I don't think they do either. Yeah. I don't, um, he's, um, I'm, I'm on the fence. I used to, you know, I love Jalen Hurts in college Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm on, I'm, I really want to see him succeed and, you know, just not with the Eagles, obviously, but I don't think, I, I feel like he's a great backup quarterback. I feel like he's not a good starting quarterback in, in the NFL. And I mean, he had. I mean, he, he has the speed. Obviously, he's, you know, mobile. He can make the throw every now and then. But it's it's like, I don't. I mean, I I didn't. I'm not afraid of him if he comes to AT and T Stadium or something like that. Like it's just like no. And the Cowboys have handled him exactly. For the most yeah. I mean, they beat him without Dak uh, last mm-hmm. year in the in the right. last, the second game they played. And yeah, he he does have the intangibles of being a good backup quarterback, where he can, can come in, change the pace, he can run. Um, if if the Cowboys are playing the Eagles and whoever's their starting quarterback goes down, and Jalen Hurts comes in, now you're you know especially with you know, Cowboys history with backup quarterbacks, it's kind of worrisome. Where it's not uh, Mike Glennon, it's uh, Jalen Hurts. So right. you know it's kind of you know, throws things off, and you know I'm not sure how much the Eagles really base their decisions, you know, talking about fan bases and what they want, but the Eagles fan base is, it's probably one of the most heard, uh, if any organization listens to their fan base, because, because they're relentless and they aren't happy with what they're seeing with Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying the decision to draft Jalen Hurts so early, uh, when you have a competent quarterback in Carson Wentz, I'm not saying that that decision was based on fans, but the fans at that point were pretty much done with Carson Wentz. Uh, they were legitimately calling 
you know, to sign Nick Foles or to, to extend Nick Foles and have him as the starting quarterback, which I get it. He won a Super Bowl for you. Uh, he played decent in the playoffs the next year when Wentz was hurt. But, you, you know, it's, that's pretty ridiculous. Nick Foles is obviously not better than Carson Wentz uh, talent-wise and obviously age-wise. But uh, Jalen Hurts is not winning uh, over the starting position if it has anything to do with uh, if the decision has anything to do with the the Eagles fans. Yeah, and I mean they they aren't they don't have a bad roster. I mean they have they have some speedsters on the outside. You know they they got Devontae Smith. Yeah, uh, Jalen Rager. He's you know he flies and um, you know they have. I mean, he's playing really well. Uh, uh, the cornerback, Darius Slay. Yeah, he's he's having one of the best years of his career, and um, you know, it's, I mean, obviously those three players can't win games on their own, but you know, I feel like they have, you know, pieces. Um, it's just, you know, for whatever reason, it's not clicking. I guess you know they they have a lot more holes than they have, you know, assets. So um, I don't really you know, try to dabble too much in the Eagles because I, I really don't I really don't like the Eagles, but they have, you know, like, you know, they have pieces. Um, you know, uh Fletcher Cox and uh Josh Sweat and you know they have they have some really good, you know, talent. It's just, you know, maybe maybe it's just, you know, their down years. They just won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, you know, I I usually give a team, you know, some years, especially after they win a championship, to kind of like, okay, figure it out again, you know, because you probably lost players after, after the Super Bowl or. Yeah. You know, unless you're Tampa like Bay. Yeah. Um, unless you're <laughs> Tampa Bay and bring, and bring well, the all before, 22 back. <laughs> before we jump into your power rankings list, I'll, I'll end it on the Eagles. Uh, what they have going for them is they, they have Miami's uh, pick first round pick this year and possibly the Colts pick, uh, which right now, if they kept those and the Eagles don't, you know, go on a winning streak, with their own pick, they should have three top ten picks if the season ended today. That's incredible. I don't expect them to keep the Colts pick because that's uh, they get the Colts first round pick on the scenario that Carson Wentz plays seventy five percent of the snaps. Mm, yeah, uh, I think the Colts are probably. Um, and, and with the Colts yeah. playing the way they are, you know, I think it's going to come apparent that they're not going to make I playoffs bet. and they're going to bench yeah. him. Uh, <laughs> so, which, but sure. it would still only turn into a second round pick. So that's still a, a decent pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Miami, I don't know what their problem is. They can't possibly be as bad as they are right now. So yeah. they were just that, ten and six. Like I don't, you know, yeah, I don't, last year and uh, yeah, uh, but you I'm, lose I'm to Jacksonville. A, I yeah. That's just I'm bad. not a um, like yeah I'm not like a um, huge I'm not a believer in Tua I'm just gonna be completely honest I don't I don't think he's a good quarterback um, you know the fact that they drafted a quarterback that's kind of always been dealing with injuries and he can't really like he like it was a, a pass um, that he threw that was about 15 yards from his receiver like an interception. And I don't know, maybe that was miscommunication with the you know receiver. He ran the wrong route or something. I don't know, but I I personally don't think he's a starting quarterback. Um, he I don't know. He just doesn't he just doesn't do it for me. Like he's one of the he's at the body. He's like you know Davis Mills type level, David Mills type level. But I don't I don't know. It's just I you know he had a lot of hype coming out of Alabama. Like, but who doesn't? And you know, yeah. I, maybe maybe I got to give him more of a chance, but I just don't see it. Well, Miami isn't in all cell mode like you would think they would be, uh, because mm-hmm. if your quarterback's just your problem, you shouldn't be as bad as they've been this year. And they're talking about right. uh, trading still, you know, still the number one contenders to trade for Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and possibly get rid of Tua. But I, I don't see Miami staying this bad. Uh, that pick for the Eagles for, from the Dolphins. I suspect will be like a five to 10 pick. I, I don't think Miami is going to be the worst team this year, uh, especially right. the lions are doing so bad. You know, Jacksonville, you mm-hmm. beat Miami. What's that, you know, what's that say about you? I think Miami can still get a few more wins in Jacksonville, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, the Eagles do have uh, a lot of pieces. Uh, I hope they're done with Jalen hurts and they use a, use one of those uh, first round picks on a quarterback, a, a, yeah. you know, just to, 
just to push aside because it's not a strong quarterback uh, draft, and that that's just one less draft pick they have mm-hmm. uh, to use. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 100%. They, um, this draft, I think, I mean, it's a couple, but, you know, every year is always, you know, top two, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, like it's always those types. And it's just just not one this year. You know, they were banking on, um, I'm not even sure if he comes out this year, but the quarterback from Clemson, um, they have a couple from like a lot of small schools, but, um, you know, it's, you know, hopefully they use one and, because I don't think they'll draft a quarterback better than, uh, than Jalen Hurts right now. So, so what yeah. if uh, I, I don't think he's going to happen with the situation in Oklahoma? But let's say Spencer Rattler comes out and dra- and uh, joins the NFL, declares mm-hmm. for the draft, and the Eagles draft him, and he goes from a That's situation hard. at Oklahoma where <laughs> they were chanting for his backup during the game to one of the most. Uh, unrelentless yeah, fan man. bases in the Eagles that you know uh, I might enjoy that Spencer Radley yeah. not so much me too me too yeah and I, I think Spencer Radley he uh, he he has tough skin because he's been dealing with a lot um, I mean he's brought a lot of it on himself but you know um, he's I mean he has tough skin I, he, he probably could could handle it but um, you know talent wise I they would definitely you know be after him for sure well speaking of quarterbacks it's a pretty decent transition into your power rankings for the week yep okay so yeah all right so the rise power rankings are sponsored by goodwin logistics for your fast efficient shipping needs contact goodwin logistics the email is g-o-o-d-w-i-n logistics at outlook.com so i have my top five uh, quarterback power rankings going into week seven. Uh, you start from five or? Uh, yeah, let's, start let's, from, yeah, let's start okay. for five. And yeah. And work our okay. way up. So, number five, I have Lamar Jackson. Um, it's the, the five spot is always the tough, you know, to find the fifth uh, because I have my honorable mention is five players long. But, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, he has, you know, five straight wins. Uh, over 1,600 yards. His stats, like as far as like touchdowns and um, you know interception ratio, it's it's not great. But you, I can't dis I can't discount you know five straight wins. You know five and one. Um, you know they they've beaten some pretty they play some pretty good you know good games. They've beaten some pretty tough teams. So um, he's my fifth. Um, Aaron Rodgers number four. Um, okay. Yeah, I feel like he's gotten he's hit a groove they've also won five straight after you know the the blowout you know against the saints at the beginning of the year uh 12 touchdowns three interceptions um and he's i feel like he's he's trying to prove something he has a point to prove um you know he's playing some of the best football you know i've seen him play and that's that's saying a lot you know coming you know it's aaron Rodgers. um you know, he's he's broken the Cowboys' hearts many times in the playoffs. So, it's you know, it's tough for me to even put him in the top five, but I can't, like, you know, I can't discredit him. But um, so he's number four. So number three, I have Dak Prescott. Um, you know, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, also five straight games, uh, five straight wins, um, you know, 1,800 yards. He's playing uh, – he's probably playing the position better than any, you know, you know, at, at least like, you know, he's third on my power ranking. So um, he's playing with such confidence and he's smooth out there. He's taking what the defense gives him, making the throws. He's throwing accurately, you know, the deep ball to the middle, you know, intermediate stuff, short game. He's everything's accurate. And, you know, especially coming off, you know, an injury like that, where his basically his whole leg was yeah. basically snapped. And, you know, to come back and to perform at the level he's playing at is, you know, like I, like I said earlier, just a testament to his, you know, hard work and, you know, uh, just his passion. So, number three, Dak Prescott. Number two, I have Kyler Murray. And I almost had him number one. But, um, you know, they're, you know, undefeated, 
14 touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,700 yards. Um, he's he's he might be the front runner, or you know, definitely top three, uh, you know, MVP voting. Um, you know, he's playing he's playing great. They have one of the best offenses in the in the NFL. Um, he's he's kind of like a a mixture of Lamar and Pat Mahomes. He's he can throw. He's you know he's fast. He's quick. Um, he he has a strong arm for you know especially for his size. He's you know five ten five eleven. Um, you know he's quick, strong. Um, he can make throws accurate, um, and they're undefeated. So I have him at number two. Number one, I have Tom Brady. Um, leading the league in passing, uh, seventeen touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, another five and one team. Um, you know he's at his age. Was he fifty or whatever he is? Like he, <laughs> he will he's, be soon. Yeah, <laughs> like next year will be fifty. But like, yeah, he's he's playing amazing. And uh, you know, to lead the league in passing at at this age, um, so efficiently, seven like seventeen touchdowns, three interceptions. That's you know that's incredible. Um, and you know, I almost had Kyler number one. You know, because he's undefeated, I wanted to give him that nod. But at the same time, I'm like, okay. You know, Tom Brady, he's – they've been, you know, demolishing teams. They had the one hiccup um, against the Rams. But um, he's, you know, leading the league in passing. He's playing efficiently. He's making the throws as well. Um, he's out there playing with, you know, the most confidence – not the most probably, I mean, because he has seven Super Bowls. But he's um, playing with confidence. He's out there just, you know, playing the game with just joy and passion. And I have him at number one. And my honorable mention, I have uh, I can I can run down the six through ten real quick. Okay. Uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, number six. Herbert, number seven. Um, Matt Stafford, number eight. Uh, Pat Mahomes, number nine. And then Joe Burrow will round out the ten. So what an odd year that. Uh, going into the beginning of the year, you wouldn't think okay, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be in your top five. Uh, just before this, just before week six, you would think Josh Allen would be in your top five. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. And, and Herbert, <laughs> Herbert probably would have as well before this Absolutely. past week. And, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, there's these quarterbacks have almost been interchangeable this year. Like they've been so good, but all of them have something where uh, I don't think anybody would really bitch or complain if you had Patrick Mahomes at number five. It'd be kind of questionable. It'd obviously be, you know, um, from his, you know, what he's did in the, what he's done in the past. And, you know, having Tom Brady number one, you can't argue. I mean, nobody's been able to argue anything about Tom Brady for the last five years. You can't discount it because, you know, and obviously he's leading the league in passing and he has his team five and one. So, uh, you can't say nothing. And then you have a really good quarterback on an undefeated team at number two. Right. And again, you can't say, well, you're right. It's, you know, I, I can see him not being number one because it's, you know, Kyler Murray and it's, and Lamar Jackson as well. I mean, he's had good games, but it's, it's hard to think that they're five and one. It seems like they should be right around yeah, exactly. 500 because their yeah, first few games, be, yeah. you know, they came out of nowhere and, and beat Indianapolis. They came out of nowhere uh, and beat the Chiefs. It's it's just such an odd year uh, to rank the quarterbacks. And I'm glad you because I know we talked about uh, different power rankings, but you decided to do the quarterbacks. And I, I, thought, that's yeah. a, I thought that was a great idea because uh, I was trying to, trying to rank them in my head. I'm like, I wonder who he has as his top five and in what order because – yeah. it's legitimately hard to do it this year. It's not such an obvious one. And I was, I was thinking who was number one when I'm like, Oh wait, he has Kyler Murray at number two, who could possibly be number one. I wouldn't even thinking Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of I, having a quiet, uh, very quiet, quiet, very quiet hall of fame or uh, MVP type season. Yeah. Very quiet. And I, I did these power rankings. I did them probably like five times and I, and they were all, you know, five different ones. These, like I, you know, I did it about five times and I, this was kind of the, the order that I, I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of what I assumed. Cause I had like, I had Josh Allen in my top five and then another one I had, 
you know, Matthew Stafford in, in the top five. And it was just like, okay. Um, you know, I had to take into account, I, I kind of did as more like a, um, kind of like a after last week type thing. Cause the, the way, you know, the Ravens beat the Chargers, I was like, okay, I got to put Lamar there. Five, five straight wins, five and one. And then, you know, the other four, the top four were kind of like interchangeable, but, you know, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and uh, Lamar, they were like fighting for that fifth spot. Yeah, well, as always, great, uh, great subject. I already mentioned it. Uh, very timely power ranking subject. And, you know, I'm glad we got that in there pretty quick because right now we are out of time on this week's edition of the sports page. I'm Ashton, and he's Chris. We'll see y'all next week.